Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. All right. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, for putting us in your earbuds today. Super appreciate that. Uh, Thanks for taking time out from doing whatever it was you're doing this morning to just listen in. Today, we've got a great conversation uh, with a church leader I've been looking forward to talking to for quite a while, John Peacock from Mission Church in the greater Chicagoland area. He's going to tell you uh, about the church. But John, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. It's great to be here with you guys. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. John was, I got introduced to John by a friend, a mutual friend, Christy Rudder, who's actually been on the uh, the podcast in the past. I really uh, am excited to hear about Mission Church. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your church? You just celebrated a big anniversary, didn't you? Yeah, uh, three years uh, was this past Sunday. Nice. And, and Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, we're, yeah, we, we started with, um, really just a few of my friends and um it's been incredible to see what god's done over the past three years we we planted this church in my hometown mm-hmm. which is in roselle which no one's heard of but uh a lot of people have heard of schaumburg uh yep. so it's it's not too far from that area but uh we're located in um an area that we've named the 10 mm. there's uh 10 communities that that we're committed to serving for the rest of our life mm. and and so um, yeah, you know, three years ago, a uh, few of us, we just began, we grew up in this community mm-hmm. and we said, you know, we want to, we really want to see what would happen if we were to really live out the vision we see in, in, in the gospel of John in chapter one, where mm-hmm. Jesus moved out of heaven and into the neighborhood, you know, what would happen if we said, all right, we're probably not going to, um, change the world. We're probably not going to reach the world, but, but what if we were to love a, you know, 10 towns for the rest of our life? What right. could happen if we... Kind of narrow our uh, our focus. Perhaps we could deepen our impact, hmm. and and so um, we've been trying to really live out what I would consider a neighborhood church model. Um, in in part, there's some attraction uh, to it as well. So it's not like um, it's a little bit of and if you're familiar with that like yeah. alter kind of description. And you know, we we've been asking what would happen if we were to um, really live this thing out, not just one day a week, but seven days a week. Hmm. And so we've been amazed at what God's done um, in the last three years. Hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Why don't you give us a sense of these 10 communities? You know, what's the kind of, obviously they're all unique, but give us a sense of kind of the personality of, the, of these communities. Yeah, um, unique is, is good. They, they're, they're pretty, it depends on the community that you're in. That you're in. There's 10 of them. Mm-hmm. One town that a lot of people have heard of is Medina. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of Medina Country Club, mm-hmm. I think top five uh, country club in the world. Wow! Um, so that's mainly known for its country club, not really for the town. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's mainly uh, unincorporated, really. Um, but then, you, you know, next to that, you've got uh, a town of Addison mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, huge percentage Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Next to that town, you have uh, Itasca, that not a huge percentage of uh, <laughs> Hispanic. Um, what's really neat, what I love about the 10, I mean, yeah, this is where I'm from, but I, I love the variety. I love mm. that. Um, you just have some, some variety there. At the same time, it's a different, uh, place than even than I grew up in. Mm. Uh, there was an article not too long ago that was in the newspaper 
saying that this is not your dad's DuPage County anymore. Hmm. And due to gentrification, the tons of the urban poor have moved into the ten. Interesting. And and so we've seen that as an opportunity. Right. And the um, the amount of work we've done in the schools, which we could get to at some point in this podcast, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's been to really say, wow, we have an opportunity to love and serve the poor. We don't have to drive far. The reality is um, they're across the street. The reality is that's some of us too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a number of schools in the 10 have uh, some even as high as 92% that live under the poverty line. Wow. Um, wow. But scores of schools in the 80 percentile, 70th percentile. So hmm. um, there's significant need. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, uh, I think it's part of our job too to understand what are the assets mm-hmm. um, of the 10 too, and let's try to leverage those. So that's a little bit of what the 10 looks like. It depends what town you're in. Right. Um, it looks and feels different than parts of Carroll Stream, as does Glendale Heights, as does Addison or Bloomingdale or Roselle. Um, so it's kind of neat. Um, Interesting. A lot of opportunity. Now, on the you know the opener there, you talked about how um, you know obviously with the name Mission Church, I'm assuming that you uh, are trying to engage your people to get beyond just the four walls of your services. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, and then how do you connect that? You had flagged on the front end that you also do you know some kind of attractional stuff too. How does that blend together for you? What is that? How does that actually work its way out in your ministry? Yeah, you know we say on Sunday that we gather to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that's the vision Jesus has for for when His people assemble. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus wants His people to assemble. I think Hebrews is clear on that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's meant to be more of a launching pad, and I, I think it's meant to um, inspire. I think it's meant to re- really call us back to the mm-hmm. the kind of people that we are. We're image bearers. Um, but man, I really believe that we are called to go, and I really believe that we're um, need to be equipped to go. And so, uh, we talk about living this out the other six days of the week. Mm-hmm. And when we thought about what to name this church, I mean, that was that was quite a process. I mean, I've got two little girls. <laughs> it was hard naming my my kids, you know, but it was all equally as hard naming a church. Yes, yeah. Um, so that was quite a process. But I wanted there to be accountability in the name. Mm. You know, um, you can't really name something Mission Church if if we're a bunch of, um, you know, we just kind of sit around and um, and complain or, or or don't really do anything. So right. we're very action oriented. Hmm. Um, we have a bias for action. We have a bias for blessing. We have mm-hmm. a bias for again doing what what I believe Jesus did, and, and so. There's accountability in the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, second to that, uh, the mission of God, you know, mm-hmm. the Missio Dei, I, I can't get over that. Right. You know? So we, um, what we see from the beginning, and I believe is laced all throughout from Genesis to Revelation, is we worship ascending God. Mm. And so when we say, hey, we gather to go, we don't go as a program. Mm-hmm. Um, we go as an identity. Okay. You know, this is who we are. We're, we're the sent agents of the king. Right. So how does that, I, I understand, you know, you're not, you know, it's not about a program. It's not about kind of like, okay, this is our outreach program, which, you know, is obviously 
somewhat uh, counterintuitive to actually trying to send people. But what, how do you, you know, kind of what, how do you encourage people to take action? What is it that you're, you know, actually asking people to engage with? What have been some of the examples of that um, over the last couple of years? Yeah, uh, one of it is something we call My60. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've said, hey, um, all of us have um, the same amount of minutes a day. Okay. No one gets any more, no one gets any less. We have the same amount of minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And what if you were to once a week take 60 minutes Mm. and use those minutes for the good of others? Hmm. And so we we call it my 60. And um, I'm I'm not going to exaggerate it. I think that idea has just worlds of potential right. and we've seen it yield some really great things. It's not where <laughs> I think it needs to be yet. So I'm not going right. to say and that has changed the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, it hasn't, uh, good. Yeah. No, but it, it hasn't yet, but what it has done, and this is what I love about it is it's helped kind of broaden, um, what counts. Right. So to speak. Right. So, um, take 60 minutes and that 60 minutes could be a meal with a neighbor mm-hmm. that counts. Right. It could be mentoring an at-risk student. I do that every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know, because it's built into my schedule, I, I'm in every week. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it, could, it could mean so many different things, and I love that. And so that, that was really one of the things I've been wrestling with for a while, is sometimes we do our, our people, our churches, a disservice when we tell only the huge stories. Right. Meaning, um, you know, the guy that left his job to now work at the church story, which is great. And right. we have those stories too. Or the guy uh, um, and his wife that moved to Africa to start an orphanage. Those are great stories. Those need to be told. Right. But I think most people are sitting there saying, man, I, you know, so what we want to do is we want to validate and honor the small mm-hmm. acts of heroism where you're walking across the street. Right. You know, where you're having a conversation uh, with someone where you don't maybe feel like you have anything in common. Right. So that's been some of the ideas. Um, in my 60s, something that we're really trying to uh, celebrate and talk more about. Right. Give people ideas on, on what it could be. But that's an example um, of something that we've done and something we're continuing to do. I, I would maybe add this, um, that you, you can add a lot of ideas, but if you don't have a culture mm. sending, it's going to be hard. That's very true over the long run. So I think that's the majority of the work we've done and are doing is making sure we have a sending culture. Right. Um, and then if you do, it really rings uh, authentic. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's such a true point, right? If, if, if you don't have the culture right, it'll just be a program, right? It'll just be something that people can check off in a box. Uh, and it won't resonate beyond that. It'll, it won't, it won't drive deep ultimately in people's lives and have them yeah. make you know, the deeper, tougher decisions, um, yeah. you know, about which in some ways are just the normal everyday decisions are sometimes the harder ones rather than the like, I'll show up to your program. Um, what are some of those ways you've encouraged it in the culture? Obviously, probably through preaching, through kind of even just celebrating it, trying to package stuff like My60 together from a communications point of view. What are some of those other things you've done to try to encourage, um, you know, a real going culture? Part of it's the staff you hire. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it's those that are in leadership. Yep. You, you can't have a culture if those in leadership don't live out that culture. Right. Just, you know, and, and I think that is so obvious when I say it. 
<laughs> but but when you take a step back, it can be really. Um, I mean, that could have just ruined someone's day right there. Right, <laughs> right. I it's mean, true. you know, because um, I think oftentimes when we have maybe I'll call it like mission drift mm. mm-hmm. is people like myself, um, for whatever reason, the that that passion, that commitment to live out the vision in which we really started, we've drifted, you know, and, and we're not with people anymore. We're not having those dinners anymore. You know, our church has made it. We're stable or whatever. Right. Um, and I think that is a dangerous place to be in. Absolutely. And um, you turn around and you realize, man, now we're just launching program after program to try to fix something. But really the root of the matter is those in charge, they're not living out the vision. Right. And, and so... Uh, you know, that that's one thing is um, we don't, I don't hire someone that doesn't bleed for mm. the name. Mm. So true. That's, that's and, fantastic. And, um, and so, so that's one thing. I think another thing is um, since we started, we've just been telling certain stories, mm-hmm. a simple story that has really made an impact is around a fire pit. And, um, it's a phenomenon, really. Fire pits—they really didn't exist when when we were growing up. Right. You had to go camping, and so now you know they're everywhere. But one day, I, I moved the fire pit from my backyard into my front yard, into my driveway, actually. <laughs> and it was a simple missional idea to try to connect with neighbors. And you know, we've got tons of people uh, that now have fire pits that you know. Like I said, you don't have to go to graduate school, and I still am not done with graduate school to do stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. um, you just take some intentionality to um, to try to gather people together. So I I think that has helped, and, and I hope we continue to, to do things like that. Very cool. Um, now, you also just finished a book, right? Called Unfinished? Is that the name of the book, or is the, the book unfinished? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, the book is finished, but it, has, it, it is titled Unfinished, The Starting Line of Surrender. Oh, nice. Now, what, what motivated you to write that? That's a big project. you know. Yeah. Well, I just have so much time on my hands. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> that, where do you find time to do that? Yeah. You know, it's um, what motivated me was, was God, God um, might sound weird, but God whispered that to me hmm. to, to write it. And, and it's been a very... Um, a vulnerable process you know when i tried to get into seminary i got in on probation because they said i wrote at an eighth grade level nice uh, <laughs> but i said a gifted eighth grade um, <laughs> so um that's funny i i don't classify myself as a writer man i'm more of a, a barbecue expert um <laughs> than writer uh so but i really felt god tell me i needed to write something short huh. that people would actually finish yep and uh, the most influential books in my life have been things that um, Henry Nouwen has written, mm-hmm. short books that are about 80 pages long, David Benner books, um, just different short reads. Um, you can pack some insight into those. So that's what I did. It's, it's a short book. I, I hope you would agree that it will have some insight. <laughs> um, but really, the idea is steps matter. Okay. You don't get anywhere without taking steps. But what if you were to be more intentional about the steps you're taking from a spiritual standpoint? Hmm. And I wanted to give people, um, really I wrote it to two different uh, types of people. One, the person that maybe has grown a little bit uh, 
tired mm-hmm. in their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wrote it for them in hopefully providing some fresh language and insight around some of these steps that they've already thought of. Yep. Other person I've, I've written it for is that person that's brand new mm-hmm. and just now really open to this idea that Jesus has invited him uh, to follow follow him. So I wrote it for that person too, giving them handles mm-hmm. um, and clarity around what it looks like to follow Jesus. So right. very cool. Nice. All right. Well, uh, you know, just kind of as we wrap up this part of the uh, interview, is there anything else you'd, you'd love to share with people that are listening in today? Oh, man, I, I would. I don't know exactly who listens to this podcast, uh-huh. um, but what I would what I would say today is um, don't forget your first love, mm. mm-hmm. you know, and, and so to the guy out there like myself that's working hard and 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 working on a sermon yet again. Uh, <laughs> man, let's not be guilty of preaching great sermons yet forgetting our first love. Mm. And and to the to the business owner, uh, let's not be guilty of building a great business yet forgetting our first love. And to the, to the stay-at-home mom, let's not be guilty of uh, doing a great job with the kids today, and that's important, mm-hmm. yet forgetting your first love. And, uh, and so, and even to the guy that's leading this podcast. <laughs> Appreciate you know, that, man. Of putting something together that's great, and it really is a good resource. Yet, uh, forget your first love. I really, really feel like that's what it's all about. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're gonna jump into the kind of the closeout to the show called we call it the lightning round, where we ask the same questions to everybody who's on the show, really just to get a sense of what's happening in uh, in church leaders' lives. Um, so is there an online resource, uh, you know, John, that you're using these days or that you've used that's, you know, had a kind of particularly helpful to you uh, over the last little bit? Yeah, I, uh, Tim uh, Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York. Um, I think Tim Keller is the, the pastor's pastor. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I listen to every sermon he's pretty much given and, right. and it really impacts me a lot. Nice. Uh, have you read a book in the last six months? I know when you're writing a book, it's hard to get reading time in. But have you uh, read, read a book in the last six months that's you know had an impact or shaped your ministry? Yeah, it's a re-read. I yep. try to read it once a year. Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Halley Barton. If Absolutely. you are a leader, you better lead it. You better read it. It's a great book. That's yeah. a fantastic book. We were out on a retreat with her, um, actually out your way in January last year when it was a minus a gajillion degrees. <laughs> She's a fantastic leader. Really yeah. appreciate her for sure. Um, you know, what's other ministries out there that are inspiring you these days? You're kind of looking at it and saying like, wow, they're doing a great job. You kind of look up to them. Yeah, um, Soul City Church, mm. Jeannie Stevens and Jarrett Stevens lead that church down in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. They're uh, some of my close friends, and, and I just I learn a lot from them. So their their ministry has has really been an inspiration to me for sure. Nice. All right, just two last questions. If you could get fifteen minutes minutes with any leader alive today, who would you want to get that time with, and why? Uh, Wayne Brock. He is uh, in charge of Boy Scouts of America. They have 1.2 million volunteers. Wow. That's amazing. I'll, I'd love to talk to him about that. That's you amazing. Know, how do you inspire that many people to do what they do for free? Yeah, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's cool. Great. All right. Well, when you're not, uh, you know, leading your church or trying to just, you know, just trying to have some fun, what do you do for fun to kind of relax, hang out? Yeah, I, I cook on my big green egg. Oh, nice. You're a big green egg guy. 
I am. Yep. <laughs> and so I, I do that. I run a lot. Okay. Um, okay. I know it may not look like it, but I run a lot. Not fast, but I run a lot. I, I'm a avid bow hunter, so I love to be out in the in the outdoors. So those are a few of the things. Nice. Well, John, I appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to reach your church, how can they uh, do that? Yeah, wearemission.com is our website, and you'll find everything there. Very cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for uh, taking time out from sermon prep and everything you're involved in uh, yeah. today to be here today. Happy to be here. You can follow me on Twitter at, at John Peacock. But uh, it's great to be part of this. Thanks so much, Rich. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>